0: Hello and welcome. My name is Dr. Kenitra Bryant and today's Motivational Aim targets Broke Fantasy. I want to thank you all for joining me as I cover the Broke Blessings series. If you haven't already, feel free to listen to parts one and two. And my aim for this series is to share with listeners the love God has for us all and in his love for us God and Jesus, they break some things off of us or in us that is not conducive to his overall plan and purpose for our lives. And of course, when God breaks some things in our lives that we enjoy, we possibly feel as if everything is broken, everything is messed up. The opportunities are broken, the dreams are broken, the relationship is broken. But whenever God breaks anything in us, And when God breaks anything around us, when God breaks anything near us, and when God breaks anything off of us, whatever it is, that is a blessing. Never forget that God has his divine reasons on why he breaks things or people off of us, from around us, whatever is not right. When God breaks anything off of us, it's a blessing. That's just what it is. And that is what I'm covering in this series. In part one, I covered how the Lord broke flattery. In part two, I went over how the Lord broke branches. And now I'm targeting in on how the Lord broke or how the Lord breaks fantasies. And this is a key motivational aim because a person's fantasies will have them in some serious trouble. And what is a fantasy? A fantasy can be defined as something that is produced by the imagination. It's an idea about doing something that is far removed from normal reality. A fantasy is most often when someone makes up in their mind what they want to happen with something, some idea, some scenario, somebody, and this individual who has this imagination with this far removed sense of normal reality, they are thinking and they're conjuring up ways to make this strong desire, this fantasy happen. And in reality, there's nothing real about it. It's out of bounds. It's when someone is creating a whole desire from nothing that exists. Now, don't misunderstand me. Having an imagination is all good. And it's excellent when a person lines or aligns their imagination with God honoring motives. That's fine because we can imagine things. We can imagine things by faith. Trust God to bring those things to fruition. And yeah, it was from something that did not exist. That's cool. That's fine. When we do it God's way. But a fantasy. A fantasy is far-fetched. Hope you understand what I'm saying. Some people have a fantasy or they have several fantasies, and in order to fulfill that fantasy or those fantasies they have in their mind, they will do what they have to do, or let me rephrase that, they will do whatever they want to do so they can obtain that person that they have in their fantasy, that goal that they have in their fantasy, that idea that they have in their fantasy, That relationship, that opportunity, that job, that house, that vehicle, that scandal, that whatever. They're going to do whatever they want to do, the way they want to do it, outside and far away from human decency, human morals, just basic moral principles. And they're going to do it outside of the boundaries God put in place for them. God is not going to be in it whatsoever. That's just how that goes. Fantasies, that's what I'm trying to convey here. Fantasies are not reality. Someone can have a fantasy about something, and it's literally all in their head. It's all in their mind. It's all in their thoughts. And just because they think about it constantly, if a person is not wise and grounded in God, they will think that their fantasy is a reality and it's not. Someone might really believe that their fantasy will happen exactly how they played it in their mind. They keep rewinding the fantasy and they keep watching the fantasy over and over and over and over again thinking that everything in their fantasy box is going to play out the way they have it in their mind according to their plan. But then when they go pursue this fantasy, when they go pursue this desire, and it's nothing wrong with pursuing your desires, but you have to keep God first so God can check you and break some things off of you that don't need to be in your life. But when we get away from obedience and sound judgment and instructions and wisdom and we forsake all of that, and we run after fantasies, we are in trouble. We are in trouble. Even if a person gets close to fulfilling the fantasy, there are some hidden fees associated with fantasies. Think about it. When somebody runs after something that they have no business running after, because in their mind, it's going to be this way for me. This is how it's going to play. It's going to work for me. (laughs) it's gonna work okay they run after whatever that is and when they ran after it they had no idea what they were really signing up for and when a person doesn't know what they're signing up for and they're so fixated on fulfilling their fantasy their way Satan is over there on the sidelines just being that person's cheerleader. Because if somebody's fixated on a fantasy, they are not fixated on reality. And they are not fixated on truth. And they are not fixated on God. They're not fixated on obeying God. And Satan is just sitting there just loving it. Watching a person, yeah, go chase your fantasy only live once. Hey, do it. Do it. Yeah, they don't understand. It's going to work for you. Yeah, it's going to work for you. Even though it's not real, it's going to work for you. It's going to work for you. Come on. Don't, don't, uh-uh. don't look at God's plan for your life. Stop, 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 stop that. Fantasy, not faith. Run after the fantasy. Satan will encourage an individual to go after the fantasy. Why? Because the fantasy will get and keep a person off of the path and the destination God has for them. That fantasy is a distraction to feel a desire that someone is trying to acquire outside of Of God. Fantasies can be a mirage. Someone can think if they just get to the fantasy. If they can make it to the fantasy. Then all their problems will go away. They will have all they ever wanted. Not realizing that going after a fantasy. And not after the father. Father God. They will have a messed up situation. They're going to be messed up. As I mentioned earlier, someone can fantasize about a relationship, a job, an opportunity, some money, some cars, some clothes, some status. Only to see that when they really wake up from that fantasy, whatever they were running after outside of God, it's a nightmare. It's a nightmare when they wake up. And then it's a nightmare that they can't wake up from because as they were chasing the fantasy in real time, now they have the reality of picking up the pieces of what they messed up, what they got into, the consequences of running after the fantasy, not looking, not seeing, not operating in wisdom or insight. That's a nightmare. It's a nightmare to run after a fantasy and you see the people you impacted in a negative way. It's like a person was steamrolling and bulldozing through life, tearing up anything in their path because they were focused on the fantasy, not seeing what they were tearing up and uprooting and just damaging in their path, in their sphere of influence. That's why I said it's a nightmare when a person really wakes up from it. They're like, oh my gosh, what was I doing? And if someone were to ask them, the person who was running after this fantasy, hey, do you like what your life looks like now? Now that you, you know, ran after your fantasy, you chased your fantasy? They could bust out crying. If they woke up, they could bust out crying because the reality is it didn't exist. It existed in their mind only. But when they started making these strides to obtain and acquire the fantasy, nothing ever worked. Nothing ever worked. It's like grabbing air. And trying to stuff the air that a person grabs in a balloon. It's not going to work out. Just because it was in that person's mind and they were thinking, you know what? Instead of me blowing air in the balloon, I'm going to grab air and put it in and blow it up. That's what I'll do. Let me go ahead and get 25 balloons, grab air, and then put it in the balloon. That person's going to get frustrated if they wake up. If they ever wake up, they're going to get frustrated. Because they went to go purchase balloons. They wasted all that time. They told all those people, it's going to work. It's going to work out for me. (laughs) I know you blow up balloons that way, but no, it's going to work for me. I don't care what you say. It's going to work. Have faith in me. See, it's a problem right there. When they wake up from that fantasy of what does not exist, they're going to be upset of the time they wasted and how foolish they looked and what they were chasing after. All they had to do was blow the balloon up or they could have got a helium tank and filled it up, but they ran after something that was just crazy a fantasy. If you don't know already, Jesus can break fantasies. He can do it. And if you remain connected to him, he will do it. And here's a question. How many of you had a fantasy? You played that fantasy out in your mind about how things would be. You ran after this fantasy and nobody told you to run after it. You were putting in work with this fantasy. And let's say the fantasy is nothing bad. It could have been a good fantasy to run after. Let's say you was running after an opportunity. And it was nothing illegal about the opportunity. It was nothing wicked about it. But it wasn't for you. It wasn't for you at all. And as you were running after this fantasy, whatever you were running after, you played it out in your mind, thinking, okay, this is where I'm going to go. This is where I'm going to be. This is what I'm going to say. And then the Lord told you, no, this is what I want you to do. This is what I want you to be. Now, right there, when Jesus intercepts that fantasy, he interrupts that, a divine interruption. That's a blessing. He broke that fantasy off of you if you listen. It's broke. It's broken. If you have any sense, you know what you'll do? Exactly. You'll turn away from that fantasy and do what God said to do. See, it's a fantasy because it's unrealistic for you. You Some people run after things they shouldn't run after. They run after people they shouldn't run after because they have this fantasy in their mind. I'm going to be with them. I'm going to do this. I want it this way. It, yeah, I understand they did that to you. <laughs> I know they did it. They'll never do that to me. They'll never do that. That's a fantasy, especially when you see the fruit of that person's actions. You see the fruit. You see the produce. You see it plain as day. It's a fantasy to disregard what people are producing, saying that they, they don't produce that. They'll never produce that with me. That's who they are. That's what they produce. That's what they do. And they're going to do it to you. Whether it's kindness, love, or straight up hate, (laughs) evil, witchery, whatever it is. That's why you have to keep your mind in constant alignment with God and the things of God. You have to talk to people who are God-honoring. So when those little silly fantasies pop up, you share them with people and somebody says, "Uh, what? (laughs) They don't even sound like you. What, What are you talking about? Girl, that's crazy. God didn't tell you to do that. You need people like that in your life, people who love you and tell you the truth. You need that, and you need to be talking to God, not you, but somebody, you know, we know. Individuals need to talk to God about whatever they're thinking about so God can break the fantasy in its infant stages. And what a blessing it is when Jesus breaks fantasies off of us. It's a blessing when Jesus shreds our fantasy, burns our fantasy up, cuts our fantasy up, tears the fantasy up, just demolishes the fantasy. It's a blessing. Because the fantasy is out of our life, now we can focus on what God wants us to do. And do what God told us to do. And that's a gift. It's a gift when Jesus breaks the fantasy. It's a blessing when Jesus breaks the fantasy. It's a blessing. In Mark the 10th chapter, that's where I want to go. In Mark the 10th chapter, there's an account... When Jesus broke the fantasy of two brothers. And I encourage you to read Mark the 10th chapter in the 35th through the 45th verse. And I'm going to read this passage of scripture. It is 10 verses, but I do encourage you to read it on your own anyway. But here it is. Then James and John, the sons of Zebedee, came to him. Once again, I'm reading Mark the 10th chapter and the 35th through the 45th verse. Okay. Then James and John, the sons of Zebedee, came to him. Teacher, they said, we want you to do for us whatever we ask. What do you want me to do for you? He asked. They replied. Let one of us sit at your right hand and the other at your left in your glory. You don't know what you're asking, Jesus said. Can you drink the cup I drink or be baptized with the baptism I am baptized with? We can, they answered. Jesus said to them, you will drink the cup I drink and be baptized Lorded over them, and their high officials exercise authority over them. Not so with you. Instead, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant, and whoever wants to be first must be slave of all. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom. For many and you just heard that and I want to share with you from this passage of scripture how Jesus broke fantasies so we have two brothers who approached Jesus as you heard okay their names were James and John these two brothers approached Jesus and said teacher we want you To do for us whatever we ask. And that's an issue right there. And at times, if we are honest, we've done the same thing to some degree. We've wanted something our way because of the fantasy we had in our mind or we have in our mind on what it will be like when we get it. And then we go to Jesus, not going to him as our Lord, asking him, Lord, you're powerful, you have all authority, you know what I need, you know what's best for me. Lord, I want to come to you with this idea I have. I'm not sure if this is a good idea. Will you let me know if this is something that I need to be praying about or pursuing? Is this something I need to be pursuing or is this something I need to leave alone, Lord? Let me know. No, no. Sometimes we don't do that. We don't do that. We go to Jesus, just like the two brothers did, and we say, Lord, hey, don't, don't look at what it is. I know it don't have anything to do with you, but I want this here, okay? I'm going to ask you for it, but could you just give it to me? Please give it to me, Lord. I know you might say no, but just say yes. I don't even want to really say it because, you know, when I say it, it sounds wrong, but you know what I'm thinking. Could you just give it to me? Just just do it, Lord. Just do whatever I ask you. Just do it. Now, when it's phrased like that, it doesn't sound right. It doesn't sound right at all. Now, we know Jesus is a divine teacher. So if he's a divine teacher and he's our savior, we need to address him with that role that he carries. He's the teacher. We're the student. And although he's the teacher, he is still our Lord. He is still our savior. We don't need to put Jesus in a box when we want to get something from him. And we just addressing him as, okay, teacher, could you just do this, teacher? That's disrespectful. Jesus is all powerful. Jesus is Lord. Jesus is the King of Kings. Jesus is the Messiah. Jesus is our liberator. Jesus is our divine deliverer. Jesus is everything we need him to be. Jesus is the son of God. We don't ever need to get comfortable telling Jesus to, hey, Jesus, do whatever I ask you to do. And I'll walk with you. You know me, <laughs> Jesus. Stop. You know me, Jesus. Just go ahead and do this for me real quick. Mm-mm. That's too casual, and it's Disrespectful. That's what we don't want to do. And when we get outside of that role of respect, then we find ourselves or a person finds themselves actually going up to the Lord, telling the Lord to co-sign on their fantasy. Yeah, Lord, I know this has nothing to do with (laughs) holy things, but it's just something I want to do. It's a thing I want to pursue. So come on, co-sign on this fantasy for me. No, it doesn't work like that. So back to the two brothers. The two brothers went up to Jesus asking for something, but not giving Jesus the respect due unto his name. Do I think they did it with malicious intent? Probably not. But the way they were responding to Jesus lets you know that they were fixated on their fantasy. They were fixated on what they wanted. And when a person is fixated on what they want, They don't care how it sounds. They just want what they want when they want it. Hurry up. Do it. No questions. Just do it. I'm pursuing this thing. This is what I desire, even though it's not reality. So Jesus responds to the two brothers when they said, Jesus, do for us whatever we ask you to do. Jesus says, okay, what do you want me to do for you? Now, Jesus already knew what they wanted. But sometimes Jesus responds to us so he can build up to what he's about to break in our lives. He's just letting us say it because we need to hear what we're saying so he can break that trash down. So the brothers responded to Jesus saying, Jesus, let one of us sit at your right and the other at your left in your glory. See, right there, the brothers had no idea what they were asking because Jesus said they didn't know what they were asking. Jesus said that. See, how a person can run after a fantasy and they don't know what they're really running after. They don't know what they're really asking and what they're really doing because they think that fantasy is going to produce whatever it is that they have going on in their mind. Now, the brothers, they heard about the kingdom of God. They heard about Jesus being the King of kings and Lord of lords. They heard about Jesus being the Messiah. Naturally, when a person hears about King of kings, Lord of lords, they think, okay, kingdom. All right, we got some royalty in the house. Kingdom, thrones, palace. Shoot, if it's a palace and, you know, a kingdom, we have guards. Gold is in the place. Gardens, chariots, wealth, army, soldiers, status. Okay. Glory. Kingdom. Kingdom prosperity, rich, glory. I need to be a part of that. So when Jesus coming into his kingdom, his glory, I want to be on the left. Oh, and I want to be on the right. Yeah, let's not delay. Let's go ask this man to uh, put us on. Yeah, he need to put us on. We've been walking with him for this long. I want to be there. I need him to do whatever I ask him to do. In addition to what they were talking about, about this fantasy of a kingdom, because the kingdom is not a fantasy. The kingdom of God is not a fantasy. What they had going on in their mind about their interpretation of the kingdom created the fantasy of what they were trying to do, which was outside of God's plan for them. That's the key. Because the kingdom of God is real. Jesus is the king of kings. Jesus is the Lord of lords. Jesus is the Messiah. The kingdom of God is real. But the two brothers were focused on this fantasy of trying to fulfill their desire of status and notoriety and gold and riches and whatever it was. They missed out on what Jesus was saying the whole time. They were running after a fantasy based off of misinterpretation in their mind. A distraction in their mind. And then the brothers saw how the crowds followed Jesus. They saw how Jesus spoke with authority. They saw all of this. They saw how when Jesus walked in a room, Lack had to leave they saw this so they want to be connected now they were connected but their imagination created a fantasy of what they wanted to benefit from and it derailed their focus it derailed them they were looking at how Jesus healed people and how people's lives were changed and how Jesus was verified he had these followers he had this platform Jesus was talked about. Jesus was the most requested man at every event. Jesus was to himself. He was real. The brothers witnessed people inviting Jesus to gatherings, feeding him, people giving him expensive gifts. So, in their mind, they went to Jesus thinking, you know what, I know he's the real deal. I know he's a king. He's doing these major things in the streets. The community is transforming. The world is changing. Jesus is impactful. So let's go ask him to do this for us. Because, I mean, he's going up. We got to make sure we got a spot too. So they asked Jesus that, and based on Jesus' response to the brothers, we can deduce that The brothers were fantasizing about their life, what their life would look like if they had that status. And I have to give it to the brothers because they believed God. They believed Jesus. They believed what Jesus was saying when he was talking about kingdom and riches and wealth and rooms and his father's house and his father's table and table before enemies, paradise with my father, God supplies my needs. He's the son of the Most High God, Throne Kingdom. They heard all of that. They believed it. But something happened where it was a switch, where they were fantasizing about their gain of what they wanted to get outside of doing it the right way. And that's what we need to check. We need to check that. And guess what? There's nothing wrong with being in the kingdom of God. Nothing wrong at all. That's where we want to be. That's how we want to live. That's our aim. The issue is, and it's nothing wrong with being connected with Jesus either. The issue is the fantasy, the wrong mindset on why you're doing what you're doing, why you're connected to Jesus, your motive. That's the issue. Once again, I don't think the brothers were bad people. I don't think they were wicked. But the fantasy that they had needed to be broken. It needed to be broken off of them. And guess what? Jesus did that. Jesus let them know, yeah, one of y'all asked to sit on my right and on my left in my glory. But y'all don't know what you're asking. Then Jesus said, can you drink the cup I drink or be baptized with the baptism I am baptized with? Jesus was letting the brothers know what you're asking is something you don't know what you're really asking for. The fantasy in your mind is not real. They were asking to be on the right side of Jesus in his glory and they were asking to be on the left side of Jesus in his glory. And we know they were referring to the earthly term of glory, which can be defined as public praise, honor, and fame. The brothers were thinking, when Jesus becomes this king, man, I want to be right there getting that praise too. I want to be seen too. I want people to know me too. So I want to be on the left and you know, you can be on the right. But little did they know that at the time of their request that God's glory is deeper and more meaningful than what the world defines glory as. The glory of God is the holiness of God. The glory of God is the presence of God and the splendor of God. And the glory of God sometimes is not seen with the natural eye. It can only be discerned with the spiritual discerning eye and a heart that receives Jesus Christ as Lord and God as the Father. When we jump down to Mark the 10th chapter, beginning with the 42nd verse, Jesus tells his disciples that there are some people who are regarded as rulers, and when they rule, they exercise their authority to lord it over people, letting people know that they're in charge. They act as tyrants, oppressors, tormentors. Then Jesus tells the disciples, including the two brothers, that whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant, and whoever wants to be first must be slave of all. Jesus lets the disciples know, for even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Jesus was letting us know glory is defined differently with God than it is with man. The world defines glory as public praise, as I stated earlier. The world defines glory as public praise, notoriety, money, riches, fame. But when a person is seeking the glory of God, they're doing What God wants them to do, and that is being a servant, meaning they serve others in love. They serve others, and God gets the praise for their service. They do not. God gets the honor when they serve. God gets the recognition when they serve. When they serve, they're serving God, and they're serving for God. It's not for a selfish gain or a selfish ambition. No, when a person is serving, God gets all the praise for it. If a person wants to receive the glory that God gives, that comes from serving others the way he tells us to serve. Serving where we are a light and God gets the praise for that. It's different. That's the glory that we want to seek though. And then jumping back to the brothers, that is why Jesus said, you don't know what you're asking. You're asking about sitting with me in my glory, but sitting with Jesus in his glory on what they were referring to would have been when Jesus was down on the cross, he would be in the middle and one brother would be on the right and the other brother on the left. That's the glory they were asking for. They didn't know that though. Because they were focused on a fantasy. They were looking at the earth's definition. The world's definition of glory. And not God's definition of glory. Because remember God's definition of glory is servitude. Not selfishness. You see how Jesus broke their fantasy? Jesus broke their fantasy. They thought one thing. But what they fantasized about was not their reality. It was not a reality for them. And I just thought about this. Sometimes we can fantasize about what we want, not realizing we have it already. We already have it. Let's look at the brothers. They approached Jesus asking, Do for us what we ask you to do, Jesus. We want to sit at your right and your left in glory. Jesus knew the nature of their request. But if the brothers slowed down and just jumped out of the fantasy, they would have realized that they were on the right side with Jesus in his glory the whole time. They were with Jesus serving people, helping people, praying for people, doing what God told them to do. They were right there in God's glory. They were right there in the kingdom of God with Jesus But the fantasy, the distraction, crept in, crept in their mind so they could look beyond reality into something that did not exist only to sidetrack them. And we read about the other disciples hearing about the brothers' requests and getting upset with them, but there's a blessing in being in a relationship with Jesus. Although the brothers were distracted, And although the brothers had a fantasy, and although they approached Jesus with the wrong motive, they still came to Jesus. They still prayed to Jesus, and they still had a relationship with Jesus. They were able to bring their fantasy before Jesus so Jesus could teach them and talk to them and tell them, this is not what you want, and this is not what is prepared for you. And let me tell you why. And you see how Jesus did that in love. Jesus does the same thing with us when we remain connected to him. Now, we might come up with some fantasies that are out of this world, and we might come up with some great plans that are not necessarily bad, but they are bad for where we are going. But it's always best to cast your cares on God and also tell Jesus and be real with Jesus regarding what you're fantasizing about because when you're letting him know what you're fantasizing about at least you're in communication with him and when you bring your fantasy or your fantasies to Jesus just like these brothers did Jesus knows how to break them and Jesus knows how to break those fantasies without breaking you and that's a blessing It is a blessing to bring anything and everything to the Lord so he can direct our paths and guide us. The aim is to imitate Jesus. The aim is to look at things from God's vantage point and not the world's. When we get where we're trying to make things happen outside of God's protective covering he has over us and we're fantasizing about what things would be like if we could just go do this and get there and be there, What we are doing is we are functioning in the world's glory and we're trying to walk and operate in a fantasy. But when we bring whatever we're thinking about and fantasizing about to Jesus and Jesus breaks the fantasy and he breaks up the strongholds that created the fantasy, that is a blessing. The blessing is that Jesus loves us so much that he will break a lie off of us. He breaks lies off of us. He breaks fantasies off of us so we can see the truth all while he strengthens us so we can walk in the truth of his love and power and in God's word. And going back to the brothers in scripture, when Jesus broke that fantasy off of them, they were rerouted in wisdom, revelation, understanding, and knowledge. It's important to pray to God about everything and let God break what is off of you that is not producing anything good in you all while he blesses you at the same time. A scripture I would like to review with you is Mark the 10th chapter in the 43rd through the 44th verse and it states, Not so with you. Instead, Whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant, and whoever wants to be first must be slave of all. And I also want to leave with you Psalm the 27th chapter and the 14th verse, and it states, Wait for the Lord. Be strong and let your heart take courage. Wait for the Lord. And I wanted to share that scripture with you, or those scriptures with you, to encouragingly remind you that you don't have to rush after anything that is not connected to your destiny. You don't have to do it. The cares of this world serve as powerful distractions, but we should cast what we care about onto God and seek Him. We should be strong and wait for God to respond to us before we start fantasizing about things and going to make plans to bring those fantasies into fruition. Would God answer, or we try to make it, coming to fruition because if it's a fantasy it's not but we'll just be wasting time but when God answers you and breaks the fantasy that is not the time to pout when Jesus breaks the fantasy off of you and in you that's not the time to get upset it's not the time to cry it's not the time to whine and pout it's not the time to go off on people and create more problems no that's the time to listen and wait for the Lord and if you're waiting and Jesus breaks the fantasy that is a blessing because he loves you enough to grant you understanding, discernment, wisdom, and revelation so you can walk and do what he's commanded and called you to do, okay? Remain encouraged today. I want to thank you for tuning in. Feel free to visit drkenitrabryant.com and you have the option to also follow me on Instagram at Aim Towards the Target. Enjoy your day. Peace and God bless.